Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. We can finally, once and for all, find out what happened with Judas Priest. Whether they broke up by themselves or they were pushed out by outside forces like uh, the government. The Boogie Monster. Podcasting the Unknown. What's up, buddy? What's up, you big old son of a bitch? <laughs> How you doing, fuckface? <laughs> I told you I was rewatching The Sopranos, right? Yes, yes. Where are you at now? What, what season? I think, I, think I, I just got into season four, and I'm kind of like, there, there's some, there, it, there's like some joy to binge watching mm-hmm. TV because, like, oh, here's how it was meant. Like, here's the cliffhanger, and then here's the next episode. And there's another cliffhanger. And now I just, I don't know, season four, I just, I'm, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> it's not doing it for you? Nothing's changing. I mean, cause also, when you realize this was made before bingeable television. Yeah. Like, you would have to get the DVD box set when this, because this mm-hmm. came out, I think it was 99 to 2000. Yeah. Whatever, that first season, I think, something. dropped to 99. Yeah, and so now Wrapped it's it like, oh, you... oh, it went that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I oh, remember yeah. because uh, my first uh, club gig, I was hosting. I got my first paid comedy club gig. It was uh, spring of 07, and it was the same night. Nobody came because it was a Sunday night, and it was the finale of The Sopranos. And the <laughs> club owner was like, yeah, no one's going to come. I forgot tonight's Sopranos finale. And, and he was right. We had like twelve people in a room that sat three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll probably still tune in. But it was like I, I was watching Mad Men too, and it just got repetitive. Mad Men was just John Hamm's character, like, oh, everything's falling apart, mm-hmm. and I can't stop getting pussy. <laughs> I can't stop throwing my dick into hot mistakes. Oh man. And then uh and then Sopranos is like everybody else keeps fucking up. Mm-hmm. And then he just eats food. <laughs> oh. I told you like, somebody made a uh, somebody edited together a YouTube video and it's like an hour long and it's just all the food scenes of Sopranos. Like just I'm out surprised of it's only an hour long. <laughs> yeah. They may have cut it down. It's, Dude, that's part yeah, yeah. of why I th- I think subconsciously that's part of why I love that show. It's because of all the food. <laughs> like it makes and it does make me hungry. Like every time I go, like I've said before, about once a year I'll I'll rewatch the whole series. And uh during that month or two, it's I'm just craving Italian food the whole time. What's your favorite TV shows that are about that have food in it? What's your favorite? This is like Basically, Dave, you need to make a website that's like Mr. Skin, but just for food. 
<laughs> That's a great idea. Just, I, I, just Sopranos like, has got to be at the top of it. Like, it is, but I'm trying to think of other movies like or other TV shows uh, where like what would make famous food based like like the clip. That's a great question. Uh, the movie Fried Green Tomatoes, obviously. Uh, well, I mean, because of the, the title, or do they eat a bunch of fried green tomatoes? They, they eat a bunch. There, there's a lot of food in that movie. Oh, it's okay. a great movie. You should check it out. A uh, uh, lot of fried green tomatoes, a lot of barbecue. I don't want to spoil it, but there, there's a secret to the sauce. There's a secret to their barbecue. But is yeah, it a lot of barbecue. Fried green lot of, tomatoes? A lot, lot of southern cooking. Is, is it that I, they I mean, put fried green tomatoes in the barbecue sauce? That movie's 30 years old. I guess there's no spoilers in a movie that old, but uh, you want me to tell you? Should I spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it? Yeah, hey, yeah. hey, everybody, hey, everybody, skip ahead. Uh, <laughs> no, you, it's, you know what? Can we just like? Can I just want to appreciate how far we've come from the idea of this podcast? We all know this shit's off the rails already, but right now, right now, it is July nineteenth, twenty twenty two. Where are we at? Mm-hmm. Seven years, Dave. Uh, are we at seven no. years? No, I think we're at six. August second will be six years. Six years, six years from our cryptid and paranormal podcast. Hey, everybody, skip ahead 10 seconds if you don't want to hear a spoiler for the film Fried Green Tomatoes. <laughs> uh, this dude beats uh, his wife. The main character is, is the lady who, who's. I knew uh, that used. would make food taste better. I knew yeah. that's really what did. <laughs> and uh, her friend uh, kills the dude. And then uh, they run uh, the Whistle Stop Cafe down in South Georgia, and their specialty is barbecue. And uh, they 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 kill the dude and they chop him up and they 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 put a little bit of it in the barbecue each day. And then the investigator, okay. the investigator from Georgia. This is oh this is, it was filmed in Georgia, but I think hold, the Whistle Stop wait, Cafe was set Dave, in Alabama. Uh-huh. This is way crazier of a spoiler. Yeah, than I thought. Uh huh. For this, yes, gnarly. My Holy question shit, was: dude. It was still a functioning restaurant. It was still a functioning restaurant, so I don't know if they meant to serve their regular customers human barbecue or just like the uh, the investigator, the the detective who comes over from Georgia has got a real attitude, and he knows that something's up. He knows that they did something, so he's hanging around every day. Okay. And he comes and eats lunch every day, and every day they're serving him little pieces of the guy that he's looking for. And they're like, Secrets do you know in the that sauce. this is this is shares some of the same plot as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two? <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, right. That took that took a wild turn, Dave. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Give me the spoiler. What's the special ingredient? Is it honey? Is it paprika? No, they fucking killed a guy. Yeah. And then they put him in the sauce. Mm-hmm. Big George oh, is the cook. Holy shit. Big George is oh. out there smoking that meat, and he knows the secret. Holy shit, dude. It really is a great movie. I love that <laughs> I honestly, that's the news I needed. I was going to have a crappy morning, and that's like you that's should the, watch it. It's a fantastic. I think I, movie. I definitely think I should now. K 
Kathy Bates is in it. She's great. It's one of those where they tell the story like it starts in present day and then they they flash back like fifty years to tell the the story mm. and they keep flashing back you know present day to the past and uh, Kathy Bates character is so funny. Uh, Hoyt Axton I believe is in it. I believe he plays a, her her husband. He's an old country music guy. But yes, yeah, great great film. Um, wow. Who's the lady, Mary Louise Parker? She's uh, her, and then mm. um, there's another three-named lady. The, the two main characters, Mary Louise Parker, and then this blonde gal who was in some stuff in the early 90s. I can, Mary Stuart Masterson, maybe? Anyway. And oh, then, yeah, oh, yeah. then, there, then there's, like, the, the subtext, which is funny, too, that, like, I don't, my mom used to love this movie, and but I, she never even... Yeah. I don't know if she caught this subtext or just ignored it for my sake, but there's like a lesbian angle. You know, like, oh, they're a little more than uh, friends, and which, which was cool, especially back then. And uh, But yeah, fantastic movie. Let's, yeah. Acknowledge, let's acknowledge the strength of religion to uh, ignore that a woman might love another woman. Yeah. But also be like, oh, they cooked his body and ate him. <laughs> <laughs> that's just well, that's good clean fun it's fiction but yeah. how dare they introduce love between fucking wild I'm trying to think of any other movies that are real food heavy well speaking of which i just watched a show uh that's that's food related um i think it's just called the bear or bear i think it's called the bear Dude, have you seen that you heard about this i enjoyed it i I made it through the first episode, and I thought mm-hmm. I finished a shift at a restaurant. Yeah, I yeah, they felt do a like good I job. Needed, I, I think I needed to put my two weeks' notice in. <laughs> they do I'm do like, a good job. I don't want this job anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want that anxiety. Yeah, and man, that anxiety is real. Like working in kitchens, dude. I've had. I don't know if I've ever had an official panic attack, but I've definitely had some meltdowns on the line where it's just, it's so stressful sometimes. I used to work the grill at Longhorn, and on a busy Friday night, no shit, I'd have 25, 30 steaks on the grill at once, and I got to remember, okay, that one's medium rare, that one's mid-rare, like, it was insane. But that's, okay, I'm I'm sure it depicted it well. I just like if if you're gonna give me that kind of stress, let it be because there's a meteor heading towards Earth, <laughs> and you're scrambling to find a plan to launch a nuclear bomb into the meteor, or you're in a, a panic room and there's a masked gang of murderers surrounding your house. Like, give me that kind of anxiety mm-hmm. in a in a TV show or a movie, not just like, oh, this coleslaw is too soupy. Like, I'm like. <laughs> Why are you just stressing me out? You're stressing me out over work, which I've tried to avoid my whole life. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, dude. That's about having said that, it was, it did seem good. And I'm like, okay, these characters seem like they're interesting. I'm sure I will dip back in and watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a but pretty was easy like, watch. I, I, we binged it, we mowed through it in a couple days. I think it's only like we, eight episodes. We started watching it, but it was like at night. Like, we'll watch this before we go to bed. And we're both like, I, I don't think we can watch this before bed. Mm-hmm. Like, what if, what, if the, what if the beef order's late tomorrow? I'm like, it's, I, I don't, it's a TV show. Man, if that first episode stressed you out, I think episode seven, maybe. Like, I think that was the point of that episode. Like, all right, we're going to really amp it up and show how stressful it can be working in a kitchen. And, uh, 
I had a buddy of mine who who works in the kitchen. He's the one that's like, oh, watch out for episode seven, dude, to give you a panic attack. And then I watched it. I was like, yeah, I get what you're talking about. But yeah, yeah. there should be more food fiction. You know, I, I don't care for some of the nonfiction shows. I, I definitely hate any of the competition. Like, I, I express my opinion on those bullshit shows. Like, all right, here's your basket with a fig and a jar of mustard and a dead possum. Now, cook us. I don't give a fuck about that stuff. But uh, more food-related stuff in, in the narratives of not uh, of fiction fictional shows I, I'm I like, a big fan of. Honestly, the, the the items you just displayed would make a very interesting cooking show. <laughs> but I just hate that concept because who gives a shit? Like if we're on a desert island and we have limited supplies, then yeah, that's a skill. You need to know how. But just, hey, contestant one, what's the best thing you cook? All right, cook that. Contestant two, what's the best thing you cook? But I cook think that. that's – but I'll say it's like uh, – listen, track and field, the people that – perform in track and field train for those events in track and field Mm -hmm. but then you put people on a show like wipeout that's infinitely more entertaining because they got to get flung all over the fucking place and they don't know what's going on that's more fun to watch than somebody that knows how to jump over hurdles jump over hurdles yeah but the thing with food is the final product the end product here i've made this delicious dish and if i'm being limited by this potpourri of bullshit ingredients odds are it's not going to be that tasty how about you just take conventional ingredients and make me an incredible dish but isn't that frankenstein bullshit but that's what the challenge is that's why they're competing to be a top chef is to take the limited ingredients and still make something tasty out of it to prove that as a chef I think like, what you're saying is like, oh, cool, here's a steak and, and fries or whatever, and they already know how to make that, and then they made it. What's the competition there? Here's something you don't know how to make. Do it, and then let's see if it's delicious. That would, that would, that would uh, play to someone's skill as a chef more than giving them a thing that they've practiced and rehearsed their whole life. Well, I agree to part of that. Okay, then fine. Make a conventional dish, even though it's something that you don't typically make. But just this Frankenstein hodgepodge of ingredients, I don't give a fuck. But like, okay, so you're a barbecue guy. All right, today I want you to make me some great pasta. Okay, I'll figure out how to do that. Or vice versa. You know, you're a French trained chef, uh, smoke me a pork shoulder. That, 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 to me, is interesting, but just a basket full of bullshit, and then you whipped up some pretentious, you know, all the pretentious bullshit. Like, oh, I've made a tomato reduction. You mean ketchup? Holy shit. Well, I think I'm going to disagree with you here because I don't think a TV show where, like, hey, chef, make me some spaghetti, and then they do, <laughs> is really going to get the viewers in there, Dave. I don't think that's compelling television. Hey, look, this guy that knows how to make food made some food he already knows how to make. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's you know what, if you you want to make a food show that's the equivalent of just Bob Ross, then that's Mm -hmm. what you can have. Mm -hmm. Just talk in a very pleasant voice, like, (laughs) now we're going to get the al dente mustacholi. Look at that, al dente, not too hard, not too soft. There we go, strain it out, nice and gentle, like that. If you want, like, a comfort food show... Which they have those. Those are like all this soft-spoken, mm-hmm. barefoot Contessa shit. Yeah. 
I don't mind. I her. just I just love making food for yeah. my husband who works hard husband. on the ranch. <laughs> I just I know him and the boys love sweet potatoes. So today we're going to make sweet potatoes in a way that you've had sweet potatoes, and this is just ASMR for fatsos. Do you like no sweet offense. potatoes, by the way? Very yeah. underrated vegetable. I love a sweet potato. Oh, some butter, a little cinnamon, maybe a little sweet brown potato. Sweet potato fries can take a hike. <clears throat> yeah, th- those are always trying a little too hard. But yeah, just, just they really touted those out potato. in every restaurant, and then you're like, eh, mm-hmm. whatever. Dude, I ate some good food this weekend. Got to give a shout out. I uh, I shit on some places recently. Now it's time to uh, <laughs> turnabout's fair play. Got to got to be positive. And I was I was a little suspicious, especially out here on the West Coast. I'm always a little suspicious of barbecue, even though LA yeah. stepped their game up. But in Bakersfield, I went to Salty's Barbecue, and it was okay. fantastic. Just nothing fancy. Not trying to overdo it with the rubs and the seasoning, um, but just solid, like well-prepared, well-executed, just, oh, I had some brisket, I had some ribs. Potato salad was a little bland, I will be honest, but the brisket and ribs, fantastic. If you're ever in Bakersfield, Salty's Barbecue, beautiful little, uh, like, kind of the roadside setup. Like yeah. just a little, like a little bitty shack, but then they built around it, you know, got built on like a little porch and a little side wing with a smoker. So it, it's, it looks like a little side of the road shack, but they've kind of built it up and mm-hmm. man, just got those smokers going. Yeah, I, I love that. Nothing worse than going to like a barbecue place in a strip mall and there's no smoke to be seen or smelt anywhere. Say, like, huh. But boy, this place, they had the smokers going. Mm, good stuff. All right, <clears throat> authentic so, style. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spent uh, the weekend in the high desert. I was in Bakersfield on Saturday. I was in Apple Valley last night. Uh, I'd never been and, to Bakersfield before. My first time to Bakersfield. I mean, I, I passed through it. Yeah, did a show there. Did a show there a long time ago. But Bruce Gray, who worked with us, yeah, in no, um, Bruce. in Ventura, and uh, where where was the other one we played at? The Impro- uh, Irvine. Oxnard. Oh, Irvine, yeah, Irvine, Irvine, and, and yeah. Oxnard. Yeah, he Oxnard. was he was uh, emceeing for us. If you guys were at that show, Bruce Gray, very very funny dude. Yeah, he brought me out to Bakersfield years ago, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize. Let me look up. Let me go to the boards. Bakersfield. I drove out and looked at the Kern River oil field. Oh my God, how impressive! I haven't been this impressed by unnatural beauty. In the wild, uh, in a while. And I know, like, the oil kind of represents, you yeah, know, was, modern society. I was going to say, and, you are just trying to make an enemy <laughs> out of yourself today. <laughs> no, I hate these cooking it, shows where the chefs have to display their skill. You know it's beautiful at oil field. I know gas it's not the natu- way they are. It's God not damn, capitalism. <laughs> but it was impressive. It was, there was something neat about, I mean, thousands. What do you call... The, the little the things that the, the go up and down uh, I should the know ones this. that look like the the little the the birds that drink out of the plastic birds that drink out of yeah. the cup. <laughs> yes they, they there's oil derricks down. I'm looking it up there's uh-huh. oil derricks but they had they, um, That's not exaggerated yeah in this one there's a park that overlooks this giant I think it's the Kern River oil field. And I went and stood uh, in this park. And by the way, on the other side of the street from the park is Buck Owens' home, which is for sale. 
trying to talk Katie into buying Buck Owens' palatial yeah. estate. What happened um, to Dave? Oh, he just moved into Buck Owens' old house, just <laughs> stares at oil fields all day. <laughs> I've always been a huge Buck Owens fan, big fan. Love that set. Bakersfield Sound, that Nashville West. Um, Is Buck Owens a fake name, like Owen Money, like Buck Owens? You know what? I think it is. Uh, shout, out it to cocaine, like, shout out to Cocaine and Rhinestone podcast. Um, he did a great episode on Buck Owens and Don Rich, and I think at the beginning of that episode he mentioned his real name. Elvis Edgar Owens. Okay. Junior. But yeah. Yeah, anybody who's into classic country and you're not super familiar with Buck Owens, check him out. Just such a cool, mm. unique sound take on that old classic country uh, but anyway, yeah, so there's Buck Owens' house. Then across the street is this uh, nice little park, and the park overlooks this giant oil field. And no exaggeration, there had to be a couple thousand of those whatever the fuck they are. Derricks. Yeah, Derricks. And I know that's not like natural beauty, but there was something still kind of impressive about it, you know? <laughs> I just, I love the high desert. Uh, any Anywhere out there, man, I could totally... I don't know if I, I like the desert. Yeah, I don't know about just staring at oil fields. <laughs> you're going full. Uh, there will be blood vibes out of Dave now. <laughs> oh man! Speaking of which, that's a movie that uh, I was underwhelmed by. I, I guess I didn't get it, and I, I like Daniel Day Lewis, but uh, that movie just kind of lulled me to sleep. It was a. Uh, I think it's it, it's a it's a long it's a long journey. Mm-hmm. But I think when you really pull it apart and it's two con men conning each other. Also, yeah. the way uh, Paul Dano slaps the shit out of him mm-hmm. in that scene in the church. I'm like, right there. Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the acting's great. I like Paul Dano. I like Daniel Day-Lewis, some of those other guys. But, yeah, I was expecting uh, a, more from that it's one. It's a slow go. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's Paul think, Thomas Anderson, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. Who, so you like, know what you're getting out of him, and maybe let me put it this way. You know how you like some of that droning doom metal? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you gotta watch a movie with the same vibe. Okay. Okay. I'm not looking at it looking at it from the right perspective. That makes sense. Or or, or not that it's wrong perspective, just like, mm-hmm. oh, let's look at it as this is gonna be like a dirge. Mm-hmm. Like a, a slow going funeral dirge of a of a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the, oh, man, there's one that fits that category I saw a few months ago. Um, Harry Dean Stanton, uh, Paris, Texas. Holy shit. Had a similar, okay. run. but that one, that one held my attention. That one I kind of liked, but just a, just a slow, just doom and gloom. Not a lot of action, not a lot of story, but just yeah. the vibe, uh, interesting vibe. That one I liked. Oh, oh um. Speaking of movies, I did see a new movie the other day that I enjoyed. And uh, what'd you see, Dave? I saw a movie called Black Phone. Was it the Black Phone or Black Phone? It's the new. Uh, what's his fuck? What's his name? Ethan Hawke. And, oh, I just uh, saw the ad for that come up on the TV. Look kind of scary. Yeah, re- pretty good. Pretty good. Really enjoyed it. Classic. Uh, I don't spoil anything, but kind of a classic setup in terms of. Uh, Creepy van. I'll leave it at that. Creepy van. All right, maybe I'll watch that one. Small community. Uh, yeah, that one hit the nail on the head. Really enjoyed that one. 
You they seen anything? They cooked them and put them in the sauce. <laughs> then they put them in the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> now, when it comes to tea, like, yeah, I don't know what I've been watching. Like I said, I've just been watching Sopranos and mm-hmm. laughing at probably the wrong parts. Yeah. Like, <laughs> who's your okay, most hated the- character on Sopranos? Who do you hate the most? I don't, well, I mean, the guy from the E Street Band cracks me up <laughs> because I'm like, are you like. Because then, if you watch old Bruce Springsteen videos, I'm like, you might uh-huh. just be that guy. He dances uh-huh. like he is trying to fuck Bruce Springsteen in some of those videos. <laughs> if you watch oh. Glory Days and watch him mm-hmm. kind of leaning up, mm-hmm. like it is erotic. He's passionate. He's oh, very uh, passionate. Stephen the hair, yeah, the hair pieces. The hair pieces alone, which some of them good, some of them purposely bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Pantoliano plays, you know, the scumbag. Yeah. The, the mm-hmm. sister is a scumbag. I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. going back to Stephen Van Zandt, I think that was his first acting gig. I don't what think else has he, he done. Yeah, he's done some stuff since then. He's he's starred in a couple like ABC primetime dramas and stuff. Um, but I think Sopranos was like his first actual acting gig. And, uh, I heard the story, uh, uh, what's his, David Chase was just like, I just knew he could do it. I just knew he had the mannerisms and the vibe that we were looking for. And there's a couple yeah. folks like that. Um, Johnny Sack's wife, the, the big gal, uh, oh, yeah. she, she had never acted before. She responded to like an open casting call for extras she just showed up to just be a background part, and uh, I guess she impressed somebody and got a pretty good role. That's got to be weird because, like, I'm right now in the middle of the whole plot line where they <clears throat> were making overweight jokes about her, and then mm-hmm. like, oh, you're going to be hired to be mocked, yeah, for this, you know. I-, I always think about that with like heavy actors and stuff, like, or you know, sometimes like somebody who plays the ugly girl or something, like, eh, all right, well, that's part of acting. Well, yeah, Br- Bronger's got that great joke about showing up for an audition and not knowing what it's for. He's like, oh, Matt Bronger, I'm here. Like, oh, yeah, you'll be reading for the role of unattractive man. It's like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess maybe if they told me before, they knew I wouldn't have showed up. <laughs> I think uh, Patton Oswalt was talking about one time he auditioned for a thing and they were looking for a Patton Oswalt type. And he was like, well, here I am. <laughs> Why oh, do I have I, to audition for this? <laughs> I've had a couple people tell me they went to do voiceover stuff. Like, we're looking for a Kyle Kinane type. I'm like, I'm available. Yeah, just call Kyle Kinane. He'll probably do it. <laughs> Apparently I can't do it well enough. <laughs> That is funny. If you did audition for something like that and you didn't get it, it's like, okay, I don't know what else. I'm the most authentic Kyle Kinane there is. I told you, I mean, I, I had, I've had to audition. You still have to do it. Even if you're written into a script by somebody, you still have to, like, see if everybody else likes it. And part mm-hmm. of the whole gross thing of showbiz is like, well, did uh, seven people who think they know what's good sign off? And mm-hmm. make, it's yeah, yeah, it's a whole, 
gross thing. I have an audition that I was supposed to tape today, and I'm just like, I don't want to do that. It's like, oh, it's going to start taping in October. I'm like, well, all my weekends are booked for the rest of the year, and I like doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. I don't like acting, and I don't yeah. like rescheduling things. <laughs> You're so, a good actor, though, man. You 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 got some chops. Well, if it's those who can't, I mean, everything's been written to who I am as a person already. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not like I'm doing Hamlet. <laughs> you know, there <laughs> <laughs> hasn't been a lot of stretches for me in the in the theatrical department. <laughs> so, but thank you. I'll say thank you to that. Yeah, man. Uh, but uh, where were we going with it? Uh, yeah, so I, I haven't watched anything new. I was in uh, where the hell did I go this weekend? Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia. How was that? Fun shows were fun. Walked around Philly. It's a good town. Reminds me of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's you know, and it's got history there. It's nice to be able mm-hmm. to just walk by uh, and see the the actual Liberty Bell, and then um, wasn't Philadelphia get, the capital? Jersey before. Mike's right next door. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. That's where they it's kind the of before DC, right? Yeah, it's where Independence Hall is, where they signed the Declaration of Independence and all that stuff. Yeah, before that, that's where they decided, like, all right, that we are a country now. Now we have to establish ourselves, mm-hmm. and that's where they did it. For, and it just, I get jazzed on seeing any kind of history, whether I know about it, just an old structure that's been there for. Yeah. In that case, you know, you think 1776, around that, so 250 years. That's impressive. I've always been interested in that, especially coming from the South, where there's almost nothing older than the mid-1800s, thanks to the Civil War and Sherman burning everything down. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, up there in Philly and, like, Boston, some of that old, early American history. Yeah, East Coast. uh, I mean, and that's, you know, you go to Europe or other parts of the world where it's like, well, actually this building's uh, from a thousand years ago. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> like, you just let, like, it's also next to a parking lot. You're like, you just trust people with a car next to this thing. And it's like, oh, it's also built to structurally sound. But it was, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of like, I just, I, I did the shows working on, working on new stuff and they were fun. So, uh, my buddy Rafe Williams opened and, Hung out, didn't didn't get into too much. Obviously, being vegetarian, I had good food, but it was pretty limited. Went to a vegetarian Chinese place and got some vegetarian ramen, and uh, that tasted good. But I can't really report on the notes or how it was made. I was just like, all right, <laughs> vegetarian food that doesn't just taste like wet underpants, you know? Okay, I'll eat it. Have I'll you it come across mouth. any vegetarian food that really made you go, holy shit, this is amazing? Like if in in your journeys now, what you about three or four years into being a vegetarian, you've been doing it a while, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been spotty at first, but I'll start still taking I'll take a nibble here and there or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know if my tastes have changed. Like if if I was still eating meat and you tried to give me some with tofu in it, you know, I'd tell you to kick rocks. Mm-hmm. But. Now I now I like it because it's just a little sponge for whatever flavor you want to put on it. Mm-hmm. So if I get if I find a place that does uh, like a General Tso's or a Kung Pao tofu, mm-hmm. outs- other than the meat part, like all the other flavors are the same. Mm-hmm. So I'm into that. Um, 
again, my, my tastes have adjusted. I still like the fake beef, the fake chicken kind of in small doses. I haven't danced with the fake fish yet. I don't know why that. I still eat regular fish, and f- the idea of fake fish grosses me out. I've, I haven't even heard of that. Oh, they're making fake everything. Yeah, I know about the beef and the chicken, but I've, I don't think I've come across like oh, it's yeah, faux it's out fish. there. Huh. Yeah, it's 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 out there. It's obviously not as prominent, but like there's a place here called the Mockingbird, and I I, mm-hmm. I feel bad. Like it, it was good. It was just they'll do like a chicken sandwich. Like okay, it's got to be slathered in the sauce and all those things. Like, but the actual fake chicken itself, when it's in a big fake chicken breast size, mm-hmm. is a bit too much all at once. I would eat if, if if it's like chopped up and put in a dish. Like I would go to It's Fa over there on uh, Franklin and Coenga all the time. Yeah, we used to go to that one. Yeah, we go to that place, mm-hmm. and they would do fake chicken in the in the soup there, mm-hmm. and that was like little bits. And like that that way, I liked it. But as the big like biting into just a big old piece of fake chicken, I can do the burgers, mm-hmm. but the big thick piece of chicken was kind of. It was a bit much. I think if I ever went vegetarian again, I would uh, lean real heavy on Indian food. I like yeah. When I go to the buffet, I, I'll get down on a lot of the vegetarian stuff. It really uh, goes to the buffet. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I mean, I've talked to this, about this before. In theory, chicken tikka masala is a delicious dish. Uh, in reality, most restaurants just use chunks of dry ass chicken breast. Which yeah. what I what's the fucking point? And when I see that, I just I skip over that and go right to like um what's the chickpea doal? I like I like all oh, the Oh Dal Makani. Yeah, I love Dal that Maki, shit. Yeah. I like the lentil stuff. I love any of the spinach and the paneer. They're doing and good all right that. with the they're doing good right with the vegetables already. Yeah, yeah. They Did, talk about flavor. Let me ask you, Dave, if you had to be buried alive in a food of your choice Knowing that you could try eating your way out of death, but you're probably going to die, what would you choose? Hmm. Because I think I just I, I I'm I'm just coming up with this question right now because mm-hmm. I just imagined like a like a big like a like a backhoe f- with a with the with the <laughs> With the ladle filled with chicken tikka masala and some sort of Bond villain type of death that's elaborate and unnecessary. They're like, let's see you eat your way out of this issue, Mr. Stone. Savory. Oh, bit off more than you can chew, I see. And then they just dump chicken tikka masala over your tied up body. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you two options. My savory route would probably have to be like a good like my version or someone else's really really good version of like um chicken and sausage gumbo i I could eat my weight in gumbo (laughs) and then if we're going sweet uh dude that's an easy one uh crispy cream donuts the new uh vanilla cream filled the new i've talked about that where they changed up the the cream filled they they used to have the the uh, cream filled (laughs) 
in, in a filled donut. They talk donut. about that when it changed up the cream fill. Oh, it's exciting news. <laughs> now they've switched over to the classic donut, and they've injected a ring of the buttercream inside of a classic hold donut. So How, that's, really, you get one. Yeah. Oh, it's big news. Goes in all the, the way fat around community. Mm-hmm. Just a ring of buttercream. It's an old, it's a Johnny, Johnny Catch B-side. <laughs> <laughs> I fell into a ring of buttercream. That's, that's da, after da, da, the da, ring da, of fire. How, how do they do that? I'm sure it's some sort of injection. I'm sure they just they have well, some they, sort of... I, I worked in the industry, Dave. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I, had, I used to do that's the injections. Right. That's right. You used and to if work you didn't, if, if you didn't line it up... Decorations. If you didn't line up just the, like, the regular pucks that they would use, uh-huh. right... You yeah. blow out. You blow out the back of the donut, the top of the donut, the side. Mm-hmm. You had to get it straight in. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they do the ring, the or a whole ring. It's That's the very part where the cream would go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, like, they figured yeah, it's it just out like though. Injection molding. Yeah, it is. It is a sweet treat, buddy. It's a good time. Uh, <clears throat> I think. See, the thing about being buried alive in a in a in a food. Because mm-hmm. then you're going to get sick of it after a while. Yeah, of course. And, like, how much do you want to be able to chew the gumbo? I could see getting through it. I was thinking about this the other day, like, food competition, foods. Like, what's – I mean, it's kind of the same question, but, like – What's the food? Not necessarily my favorite food, but what's the food I could eat the most of without getting tired or sick of it? And that's, I, I mean, an that's essentially. I just somewhere. yeah, I just upped that idea. Mm-hmm. Did, we, did we talk about how the guy protested at the hot dog eating contest on Fourth no. of July? And it was like both sides were just mm-hmm. the guy was protesting because apparently the place that makes the hot I thought it was Nathan's hot dogs, but I guess whoever provides Nathan with their hot dogs is not. Uh-huh. Like all animal places, it's probably mass produced and has some cruelty to the animals. So that's what the guy was protesting. And the big, yeah. was it Joey Chestnut tackled him? Mm-hmm. Oh, and just really? the idea of like, how dare you disrespect yeah. this national pastime of overeating? It is insane. A disrespected animal. Like, how dare you? Like, the, the entire. That was like a microcosm of ah, maybe this planet will just be done with humans soon. Mm-hmm. Like I just I felt briefly like we're done. Yeah, like, I'm not a fan of that thing but or the, any the, of those things. I'm not a fan, but then the fact that somebody would be offended that somebody would dare interrupt a hot dog eating contest because the God the sanctity of the hot dog eating contest the must less be hot dogs, preserved. The yeah, must be preserved <laughs> at all costs. Put them in your goddamn, little Japanese belly. Yeah, these goddamn hippies. <laughs> but then who's not what about the, the cruelty to the people doing this to the uh, it was oh, just and watching it? Ugh, watching those guys do that? Uh, it, it does it was make just me nauseous. A, it was a Mobius strip of <clears throat> extinction for humanity to me. Yeah. Why are why are you eating this? There's people that are starving. Also, the animals aren't treated well to do this. But no. then this is for America and we need patriotism. Like this is all this stinks. Yeah, I mean I know it's it's been said before, but like imagine somebody in a third world country watching that and being like, 
what? You ate how many? I haven't eaten yeah. meat <clears throat> in a year. Not by choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's the argument. Well, it's like, well, the hot dogs weren't going to make it over to the impoverished nations anyway. Why not? But, they that, could. but then the fact that the, oh, we better <clears throat> be a... <laughs> Better have the lowest possible compassion for these animals. They're going to be ground up to turn into barf later because it's (laughs) 4th of July. (laughs) You know? Like the fact that, like, I'm I'm not super hippie and I still take a bite of food here and like meat here and there, you know, every once in a while. But like the idea that a living thing is (laughs) dispatched for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Seems pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of ashamed looking like looking back. <laughs> looking back at all the mm. shit I've eaten. I've got some skeletons in my closet. No, but oh, like we've I told- all had a t- yeah, we've all had a time where we've indulged and ate too oh, much yeah. or this or that. I'll tell you about the time it was my whole senior year football. Like, for about three or four months, every Tuesday night, me and a bunch of the football players uh, would go down to Buffalo's. Not Buffalo Wild Wing, but just Buffalo's in Woodstock, Georgia, for bash night. It was nine ninety nine, all-you-can-eat wings. And uh, one night, I ate 82 and lost. Ate 82 wings and didn't even win. And I, cool you know, looking back at that, uh, Brian Roach ate 90. He's a bigger guy. He had more... More room. It's not quite fair. It's a different weight class. But uh didn't didn't yeah. stop at eighty three. He went the extra step. Yeah, yeah. He went he went all the way to ninety. I think he went, I think he was trying to get to a hundred and uh got to ninety, oh. but yeah. But yeah, now even though obviously I've got a pretty hearty appetite, but now like when I order wings, I'm like, give me the twelve. Occasionally I'll do like an eighteen piece if I'm feeling mm-hmm. crazy hungry. And then it's like, how the fuck did I eat eighty two of these things? Of course, were they shitty the, wings? They, they were probably crappy, like pretty skinny no, they, wings, right? Well, they were skin. They were small, but they were good. Like they made very good wings, but they weren't. <clears throat> they were a little on the smaller side, which, in reality, I think is what you want because that means there's there's less you know hormones and shit. You know now they yeah you don't want to eat a chicken leg that's the size of a turkey leg. Like how do you think it got that way? Yeah, that kind of creeps me out a little bit. Yeah, well, that's what got in my head is a lot of stuff started creeping me out. Mm-hmm. It was like, again, I'm, I'm sorry to the listeners if we're treading over well-worn topics, but it's it's not that I would quit eating meat. Like, I, was, it wasn't, I wasn't eating good mm-hmm. meat. I, like, I was still yeah. eating burgers, and it's like, that. yeah, that McDonald's hamburger is a thousand cows yeah. all, oh. all jumbled into the pot from everywhere. Like, that's kind of wild. Yeah. To go back to the drowning in food question, I would go back. There's uh, just because Indian food was on my mind, and I'm pretty hungry. Mm-hmm. It's I don't know if it's a masala they make it with, but it's like just mushrooms uh-huh. with a with a good sauce. Okay, dare I say gravy? I don't know if Indian restaurants use the term gravy. Probably a curry. It might have been a curry. Yeah, it was somewhere in between a curry and a masala sauce. Okay. Oh man, I love. Mushrooms, Dave. I yeah. think they're. I like the flavor. I think the texture is a perfect substitute for like, oh, like cubed up chicken. You want chicken chucks? Put some mushrooms in there. Yeah, buddy. 
I think I could eat that and just die when I'm full. <laughs> like, you know what? It was yeah. a pretty good meal. I'm going to get out of here. Yeah, I love a good, like, a mushroom gravy or, you know, mushrooms and onions smothered on oh, you know, something. Mm. Yeah, that's where I went to eat. Last week, we went to an Italian place out here called Ernesto's. Okay. And I've, I, 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 you know, there's, like, <clears throat> high-class Italian, and then I was just – but I, I was craving – just red sauce Italian. Give me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're going to give me my choice of pasta, and then the next mm-hmm. part is my choice of uh, sauce that I want on it. And then What's what do I want to add? I got, um, it was, well, I got spaghetti with the, the veggie gravy sauce, okay. but I got um, mushroom. Just cla- you like classic mushroom spaghetti? Mushroom marsala. Okay, yeah. Or no, no. What, what's, the, what's the breaded? Italian dish. I want to say parmesan? Milanese, but that's Spanish. Like chicken Parmesan or uh, eggplant yes, Parmesan? Yes, I got mushroom Parmesan. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm rolling the dice because when the, they do like a big, like a like, like portobello. A portobello mushroom, it could mm-hmm. be slimy. This was inside. It was it was still good, cooked portobello mushroom, but the, the breading was crisp had to use a steak knife to cut into it not like it was nice. hard i just wanted to preserve the bite you know yes i didn't want to just go pulling the breading off of it i wanted like the breading and the mushroom yeah man it was f- far exceeded uh, exceeded what i my expectations that ernesto's sounds good. and that's at ernesto's I used to eat uh, eggplant parmesan when I was a vegetarian, and I never cared for it. Just something about it's just a little mushy, just a little bland. Eggplant is like the dude that just is at every party, and Mm -hmm. you you've talked to him, and you're like, I don't know why this guy keeps showing up. Is he having fun? He never looks like he's having fun, but he's always here. It's on every menu. Like, hey, don't there's always eggplant to let you down. I just thought of something in the moment. What's that? What's that? Fried green tomato parmesan. Give me four or five thick, well prepared fried green tomatoes. Melt a how little many, How many dudes some, go into the sauce? <laughs> yeah. Melt some mozzarella on top. Top it with a little marinara or whatever type of spaghetti sauce. Boy. That oh. sounds perfect. Oh, that sounds, that sounds perfect. good. Oh, boy. That sounds like a necessary dish, Dave. Jeez. Dude, I come up with these fucking ideas, and they're fucking great. <laughs> fucking cornbread a la mode? Get out yep. of here. Give me yep. some cornbread a la mode. Give me some fucking fried green tomato parmesan. Dude. Oh, I'm going to do that. I've Dude, had, you, I, you've had fried I, green tomatoes, right? <laughs> I have. I, I've had fried green tomato Benedict. Ooh, okay. okay. And that worked out real good. I like I forget, that. I can't remember where, but that worked out real good. That does sound good. Ooh, man. I want that, and I want some fried green tomato parmesan. I'm a goddamn genius. I like where your head's at, Dave. I mean, I always do, but we're on track today. <laughs> I'm sad I'm not down there. I'd come over tonight. I'd bring the ingredients. I go to Whole Foods too. I get good ones. I wouldn't fuck around at Albertsons, Dave. I go get good. To- what? Okay, green tomatoes. Uh huh. They're they're unripe. Correct. Just slightly on the south side of being ripe. Uh huh. Yeah, you want them firm. The f- they got to be firm 
to withstand the breading and the frying. Yeah. You did that to a regular red tomato, just be mush. It'd be like fucking eggplant parmesan. Yeah. Eggplant. Get the fuck out of here. Man. You're Home barely, girl. you have, you have barely more personality than celery. Yeah. AKA room temperature ice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. A, a fucking fried green tomato BLT with some p- pimento cheese in there. Dude, I'll, I'll I'll stop the recording right now, Dave. <sighs> I gotta check off. <laughs> <laughs> you we'll know, what? I don't think I don't think I don't think you want it to. I don't I don't want you to make it anymore. Yeah, I don't yeah, want I you just... to make this for me. I like where, but <laughs> all this talk about the movie fried green tomatoes <sighs> and secret ingredients and you getting horny for sandwiches. <laughs> I gotta leave it alone. <laughs> You know, Joe, you know Joe DeRosa, right? Comedian Joe DeRosa. So funny. So funny, Joe DeRosa. He's got a whole bit about KFC and a whole bucket of KFC, speaking of food. He's hilarious. He's also got his own sandwich place in New York called Joey Rose's. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, full-on, just New York sandwich place. Good for him. Good for him. I feel like maybe you got to get in his ear about some of this stuff. I think I do. i got to figure out how to combine these two worlds. Good for is you. there like what what now now all I want to do is replace eggplant in every dish with a with a green tomato. I think there you go. <laughs> because you can eat a many you can just eat a green tomato, right? Like yeah. about frying it and doing all the other stuff. Yeah, it's, it's else, bitter. You know, it's a little bitter, it's a little firm, but yeah, you can but eat what, just a eggplant, straight up green tomato. All eggplant is eggplant is just a seat filler yeah. at the Oscars of your meal. That's all it is. <laughs> Oh, we got an empty space over here. Let's move a little eggplant in so the sauce doesn't look lonely. <laughs> oh, my God. Where do you, yeah. do you buy? Do they sell them at the store? This is how ignorant I am. I bought tomatoes. I can't remember seeing green tomatoes. There. In the South, they're very prevalent. Um, you can get. I haven't seen many of them out here, though. Yeah, I think they, people don't know what to do with them out here. Well, it's not accustomed to eating the green tomato. But yeah, mm. Man, all right. Good times. Just a quick uh, apropos of nothing. When I said I'm a genius, it reminded me. This whole show a, is apropos of nothing. Dave. I was watching a <laughs> Norm Macdonald clip the other day, and uh, they were telling a story about um, him meeting with some producer about a show, and they were thinking about Matthew Perry as like a co-star. And this person said that Matthew Perry's a genius. And then Norm MacDonald goes, Oh, is he is he good at math or something? <laughs> like meaning meaning he's not a comedic genius, so he must be like a, a brain. Uh, he's like, Oh, is he good at math or something? The amount the amount of genius, the word genius and the word brilliant yeah. that gets thrown around hero entertainment mm-hmm. people. Should I wish somebody just like, like oh this, God this, comedian like this comedian this actor's brilliant. I would lo- love like just see him get hit in the head mm-hmm. by a Nobel Peace Prize for physics, yeah. <laughs> like just thrown <laughs> from across a room by an actual scientist trying to cure cancer. Oh man. <laughs> 
Oh, dude. Hey, buddy, so we got 10 minutes left on hungry. our new podcast, Apropos of Nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to talk about a wild topic like uh, aliens. Yeah, we could talk about some aliens. I was trying to research. I got real excited because I read this headline. And I was like, this would be a great topic. And, uh, boy, it just went nowhere. Uh, it was apparently this retired intelligence uh, official, this lady named Angela Johnston. Not to be confused with the, uh, the comedian, her name Johnson or Johnston. Anyway, oh, yeah. uh, Angela Schultz, a.k.a. Ange- Angelia, oh, man, Angelia, not Angela, Angelia Johnston. This lady worked for, uh, I guess, the CIA, but she held a big press conference last August in front of the uh, Lincoln Memorial saying uh, that she met with two different races of aliens inside of a mountain, an alien base hidden in a mountain in the Mojave Desert. Okay. And unfortunately, that's the end of the story. <laughs> How many people were at this press? What, Angela Johnston with a T? Yeah, uh, yeah, with a T. And Angela is spelled um, A-N-G-E-L-I-A. Angelia, I guess. Angelia Johnston. Mm-hmm. But there's a uh, there's like an hour-long... YouTube video of this press conference where she's in front of the Lincoln Memorial. Do you think this is just fun for retired intelligence officials? I mean, it could be. Like, you know what? I'm just going to get weird. I'm just going to be a goofy troll. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Let's see. Here we go. But yeah, back in uh, 2018, she says that she met with some folks that took her to a alien base in the Mojave Desert that was inside of a mountain, and that she met with two different representatives, uh, representatives from two different alien races. And she said they were very benevolent, and they communicated uh, non-verbally just through consciousness. And she said that they were going to go back. She's going to take a team back to this uh, base. And then um, I don't think that's happened yet. Where did you see this info? Where did this? Uh... Yeah, it's just There's like 20 articles that are literally all the same articles, like one paragraph just talking about how she held a press conference in front of Lincoln Memorial and she met these different aliens. and She's going to go back and that's I haven't found anything. Well, be, she's also that. changed her name to Anjali, A-N with an N-Y, J-A-L-I. So she got a new alien name. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's how you meet aliens. It's like getting like brought into a gang or a rap crew. <laughs> like you get a new name. <laughs> you got to rebrand you. Yeah. My name's not David anymore. It's Little Skidoo. <laughs> Skidoo. You know, that gangster rapper Little Skidoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Little Skidoo. Uh, she said she will be bringing an astronaut scientist to the secret base. There's no set date, but according to Anjali, Anjali it will happen before the end of 2021. Well, yeah. <clears throat> Anjali. But, <clears throat> man, right. driving out in the desert like that. Uh, yesterday, I drove from Bakersfield to Apple Valley. And it's about a two-hour drive just right through the Mojave Desert. I mean, it is insane out there. Just the landscape, the geography, the isolation. Like, I totally 
buy that that could be a possibility. Like you see some of these mountains in the middle of nowhere. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. if I was if I was an alien looking to uh, have a base on Earth, I mean, number one option would be obviously in the at the bottom of the ocean. But if you're talking, you know, above ground, why not uh, hollow out a mountain and make that your layer slash base? Well, I just. Uh excuse me, try to look up no-fly zones. Because I'm thinking, you know, like when we were hiking uh, in Northern California, how like, wow, this is this is still very dense coverage with uh, with flora. And if you wanted to hide, whether it be a Bigfoot or just a person, it does seem mm-hmm. very easily that you can kind of hide relatively close to society being by one of these national parks. So I'm like, well, what about the Mojave? Because it's so vast. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of shelter, or, or like you couldn't really build something about being seen. But because I'm like, what? Well, you could fly, and I'm like, well, mm-hmm. <clears throat> let me see what the no fly zones are. Uh, but it brought up an article about that solar thermal power plant. Now you know what I'm talking about. If you drive from L.A. to Vegas, mm-hmm. it's on the on left, the nor- <clears throat> yeah, it's on the north mm-hmm. side of the highway, mm-hmm. and it's. <clears throat> It's like if you first see it, you're kind of startled. It's a tower that it look. It I think it. No, it, it, there's a bunch of like the ground around it, the desert floor around it is covered in like mirrors, mm-hmm. and they all are angled. So when the sun shines on the ground, they're all angled upwards towards this tower that collects the light. Okay. And it's just, it looks like a lighthouse. It's lit up in the middle of the day. You've, you've mm-hmm. seen it, Dave. You know what yeah. I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's wild at how bright it is even during the day. But no fly zone, this is playing along on the idea of no, it's because of just how many birds and bugs it kills <laughs> because <laughs> they're attracted to the light, but it's also mm-hmm. all the heat. And all these things just fly in and get <laughs> evaporated. They just get cooked. Oh, damn. Yeah. Just like those, some of those bug zappers. Do you ever have those hanging up on the back porch? Oh, yeah. Those, those lights, and they just, I guess, mainly for moths, I guess, right? Well, where'd you go? Oh, I'm here. Oh, it, it blipped. Oh, we we might be on to something, Dave. They might finally be coming to get us. <laughs> Our bullshit finally led to a secret. <laughs> it's supposed they're trying to eliminate the bugs. That's what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I really you know, for all my uh newfound uh sympathy towards animals and trying to be vegetarian, man, I don't give a fuck about bugs. <laughs> like I don't <laughs> And that is the that is the hypocrisy of that whole, mm-hmm. you know, cruelty free. Well, what are you doing? A mosquito's biting you. I want them. Well, I want them dead. I'll I'll squeeze my skin so they blow up right on my flesh. Like I want. They're like I read some article. Like, you know, bugs can feel pain. Good. How do they know that? How the fuck do they know <laughs> that? Well, I guess you could poke it and see if it reacts weird. I don't know. Yeah, I mean somebody. There's a hey. There's all kinds of scientists out there. They're not all just figuring out the James Webb Space Telescope. Someone, some of them got to figure out if uh, if if beetles can cry. You know. <laughs> well, you're a pescatarian, right? You like you'll eat fish. You'll eat <laughs> seafood. 
for the most part. Yeah, I don't know how and long I am for that. Why is that, though? Is it because the old theory that fish don't have feelings? They can't feel anything? I, I, is I'm that not why doing you justify this. that? I'm not doing this from a self-righteous... I'm doing this Mm -hmm. for me. So the set of rules and hierarchies I've made up are for me, and I wouldn't put them on anybody else. They don't make... Mm -hmm. It's not going to make sense to somebody else, but for me, this is what I've deemed an acceptable way of life for now. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I look at shrimp, and I'm like, I could could see a live shrimp, and I'll be like, yep, I'm going to eat you. And I see a live fish... And I'm like, yep, I could eat that. Mm-hmm. But if I see a live chicken, I'm like, oh, I like chickens. But based on that logic, anything smaller than a fish, like, like a bug, wouldn't you just assume that that's fair game too? As far as like if we think that fish don't have feelings, I would just assume no, I, but that. They, but I'm sure they do. Mm-hmm. I, this is, that's why I'm saying this is just a system I've set up for myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also a tuna is way bigger than a chicken. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, or maybe even a goat. Tuna, tunas are huge. Oh, yeah, they're gigantic. I mean, some of them are like 500, 800 pounds, right? Watch yeah, but I don't, I don't know about the actual the weight, but they're, they're big. They're big fillets. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, I just I always found that weird, that uh, like the whole pescatarian thing. I get it as far as like... For a health point of view of like, well, yeah. I'm going to stop eating red meat and stuff for health, but I'll still eat seafood for protein and whatnot. But in, in terms of like ethics, I always thought that was weird that some people are okay with eating fish. Again, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a way to say that it makes sense. It's just mm-hmm. how I feel, you know? Yeah. And again, I'm not out here faulting anybody for what they choose to do. Mm-hmm. With, you know, at least, well, with, you know, diet and everything. I, I was get watching. It. I was, I love, I love, I've loved all the food, Dave. I've loved yeah. all of it. Yeah. Just trying to be monogamous with vegetables. I understand. Man, more power to you, buddy. I, I just, I know I probably would, well, not probably, I would definitely benefit from a vegetarian diet in terms of health. Uh, but, man. Just eating cheese pizza and bean burritos all the time then. I mean, that's what I'm doing, too. Mm-hmm. On the road, yeah. Home, I do a little bit better. Did I tell you how I used to... Uh, I don't think I've told this story. But I was only vegetarian because my girlfriend at the time became a vegan, and she kind of yeah. pressured me into it. And I was like, all right. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure it'll help me lose weight. So I was kind of half-hearted. And I was into, like, the ethical end of it. Like, she showed me a bunch of PETA videos and stuff, and that was enough to be like, whoa, okay. Yeah. I'm going to take a break from that. But my heart wasn't fully in it. Uh, I know that's hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> But um, for three years, I was a quote-unquote vegetarian, and um, I cheated about once a week or every other week. Uh, 
I'm sorry if I've told this story before. I don't think I've. One of our hot spots we'd go every week was this Mexican restaurant in Canton, Georgia, and I forgot the name of it, just generic Mexican restaurant name. And we went there so much that we got to know the staff and the manager, and they were all so friendly. Like, hey, and they called us by name, and they knew our orders because all we could get would be like a bean burrito and rice or maybe a chili relleno. And, um, but then one day we're sitting there, and the guy next to us ordered like the carne asada. It's basically just sure. a, a thin ribeye, but it came out all sizzling. It had the onions and peppers and everything. And I was just like, oh, my God, I didn't know you had that. So then uh, it was while I was working landscaping. So about once a week during the week while I'm landscaping, I'd go back in by myself and I'd get that steak. And I had to tell all the guys, like, hey, listen. And they would the first time I ordered it, they looked at me funny because they knew – that me and my girlfriend were vegetarians. I was like, and I had to like pull them aside and be like, look, when I come back here tomorrow with Lucy, this never happened. You shut the fuck up about this steak. And, and like, we had like a little <laughs> arrangement. It was, it was speaking of Sopranos, it was like, it was, yeah, I was gonna girlfriends say on Friday like... <laughs> night, wives on Saturday. And there's a great scene in Sopranos <laughs> where on Friday, Tony <laughs> takes his guma to this to this restaurant and, and the mm-hmm. maitre d greets him and blah 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 the very next night he brings carmelo and that same maitre d is like mr soprano we ain't seen you in so long <laughs> like they you definitely weren't here last night too, yeah yeah and uh that's how i felt with like you know it's like well, i'm just this is our little secret fellas you do not bring this up and this went on for like three years and uh she never found out and that was like my version of infidelity you know i was a lying cheating bastard I want the edit. Everybody, you know, there's like the edit somebody makes going into uh, the Rolling Stones painted black from Goodfellas where it's Ray Liotta's character. Like, ever since I could remember, I've always (laughs) wanted to be a gangster. And then it's just you eating like fajitas. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. I love it, buddy. These other guys were suckers. <laughs> oh, what do you say? You want you want to put it down? Let's put it down real quick. I haven't done a recipe in a while since this is basically. I think a food you just episode. did. I think you just did a bunch. I've done a bunch of recipes. <laughs> Let me give you a real quick one uh, since uh, it's getting hot out, and uh, I like I like a good cold salad, like a potato salad. I guess a warm potato salad wouldn't be very good, but I like all I like any mayonnaise based salad that's cold. Pasta salad, potato salad, egg salad. Uh, it's good summertime food, and uh, I told you. Oh like yeah, any I told kind you last of salad, <laughs> pasta salad, potato salad, egg salad. <laughs> I eat a lot of salad. Any kind um, of salad except for an actual salad. <laughs> yeah, I don't want any lettuce or anything in there. Uh, but boy, do I love potato salad! And uh, I make. I, I uh, agree. I'm busting. I make a couple of different versions. I like a classic one, you know, with mustard base and everything. But sometimes mm-hmm. I like a white. I like it just a, a mayo. Just a white. I have a cilantro potato salad, and this is uh, one of the. Oh, you don't like cilantro? You're one of the people who don't like cilantro. No. Oh man, I love cilantro. All right. Well, for those it, who it who has like the flavor like it has the flavor like it's trying to ward off predators to me. No, no, man. I, it's it's a nice. It's nice. It's herbaceous. 
It tastes yeah. like I'm taking a bite of a perfume sample from like an <laughs> L magazine. Two pounds of red potatoes. I prefer the red potatoes as opposed to the russet or anything else when it comes to potato salad. Two pounds of red potatoes, half cup of mayo, half cup of sour cream, uh, about a half cup, three-fourths of a cup of chopped cilantro. And if you don't like cilantro, you could just leave it out. Uh, about a third of a cup of chopped uh, or diced uh, sweet yellow onion. Two cloves of fresh garlic, finely diced, a teaspoon of salt, teaspoon of black pepper, and a half teaspoon of celery salt. And uh, oh boy, oh boy, here's what you do. Cut the, uh, cut the potatoes into quarters or eighths. Uh, leave the skins on. Or wash them first, but leave the skins on. I like the skins on. Uh, boil that shit up um, in some water, some salted water. Uh, once they've reached a full boil, let it go for another 30, 35 minutes until they're fork tender. You don't want them too firm. You don't want them too mushy. You got to get them just right. Uh, drain that shit under some cold water, set it aside while the potatoes, uh, while you're doing all that, by the way, while the potatoes are boiling, uh, you mix all those ingredients in a bowl, just throw all the mayo and all the herbs and everything in the bowl, uh, stir that shit up. And then once the potatoes have finished cooking and they've cooled down, throw them in the bowl with the mixture and uh, mix it all up, and boom. And uh, usually it, it tastes better if you let it uh, refrigerate for about a day. So I'll, uh, I'll make this a day or two in advance, let it sit in the fridge, get it all, let it all marry together, and uh, easy-peasy white cilantro potato salad. I have a question, Dave. Is, yeah. you know, egg salad, I like it too. Mm-hmm. Love it. <clears throat> deviled eggs, love them even more. Love it. Is, egg, is a deviled egg salad... Isn't that just what egg salad is already? Or am I like No, yeah, I've something? never heard of I've never heard of a deviled egg salad. I, I feel like I feel like it's just egg salad is essentially deviled eggs chopped up. Yeah, okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, because all a deviled egg is is just you take the yolks out and you mix it with some mayo and maybe some mustard and celery, onion, spices, whatever. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if some that sounds like a bullshit menu item. Like I hate it when some of these menu I like use flowery language that they don't need, but that's something yeah, ooh, deviled egg salad. You mean egg salad. So yeah. Okay. Don't over don't overthink it. Cuz like a spicy egg salad though. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean you could definitely do different variations of egg salad, but uh Yeah. Uh, almost any version I could think of would be similar in terms of technique and ingredients to just a deviled egg, just a mashed up deviled egg, which nothing wrong with that. Mm. A little egg. Yeah. Spi- I, I, when I make egg salad, I, a lot of seasoning. I'll, I'll put some uh, Cajun spice in there, a mm-hmm. uh, little, little hot sauce, a lot of black pepper. What do, you top salt. do you put the little green olive on there? Ah, uh, I could I could take it or leave it. Put something cute on top. Uh, I'll I'll put a little uh, uh, chopped green onion. I love a little, okay. little diced green onion on there. I love See, green like, onion, like ham cube or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That's something I could eat a lot of. Maybe take the uh, cool hand Luke challenge. Oh. Instead of just straight hard boiled <clears throat> like deviled eggs, I bet I could yeah. put down a, a dozen. A dozen halves. So, I mean, I bet I could eat a a dozen. So, it'd be 24 halves. I bet I could eat two dozen deviled egg halves. I mean, I guess it would just be a deviled egg. What was your math there? You you, you could think you'd eat a dozen halves? 
Well, no, I could eat 24 halves. I mean, a deviled egg is so essentially half eggs. an egg. <clears throat> you think yeah. you could eat a dozen eggs? Yeah. A dozen hard-boiled eggs? Absolutely. If not straight-up hard-boiled, maybe not, but deviled. With all that flavor, I bet I could put down 12 of them, 12 holes. You think, fla- you think flavor is going to overrun your, your sheer physical capacity? It's going to help. Because if that's the case, then these hot dog eating contests, you'd see them out mm-hmm. there. Put a little mustard and relish on them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, seasoning them a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I bet I could eat a dozen eggs. I, I know I could eat like a dozen scrambled eggs. Like, a, no, I could. Oh, that that I mean, just it, makes me sick. It wouldn't be fun or I'm easy. I'm fine but with I, I scrambled I, eggs, I but the it. idea. Of, I'm trying to think of what a dozen scrambled eggs would look like. Three scrambled like a, eggs is too much. An omelet. Oh no! Three's a the dozen. You eat a dozen egg omelet. I want to look up a picture of a dozen egg omelet. Right I mean, now. that's got to be the size of like a fucking area rug. Egg omelet. Well, they have one at Beth's Cafe in Seattle, Washington. But you'll see like these bodybuilding videos and stuff. Oh, these fuck guys, this like, thing. This dude, is... this thing looks like a beach towel folded. Up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, these like bodybuilders, they'll sit down in the morning and they'll eat twelve or eighteen eggs, just like yeah. this is what I do every morning. And they're fucking freaks. Yeah, I know. But I'm, I'm not saying it'd be fun. I think I physically I could do it. I think I could get through it. It's not something I'd want to eat all the time. This, but I this, think <clears throat> if I was in a competition, I could knock down a dozen eggs. I'm looking at I'm looking at this right now, and this is exactly the same <clears throat> size and shape as when airplanes used to give you pillows. <laughs> and that's what I'm looking at here. Oh, I did remember the food that I think I could eat the most. Like I, I said, I'm not really – I'm kind of morally opposed to food competitions, but if I had to enter one, I have never gotten full off of pistachio nuts. I could – if you brought me a five-pound bag and I was hungry, I would just keep eating them until it was gone. I'm the kind dige- of, that's because the digestion's built in because you got to take your time to open them. Mm-hmm. Like peel and eat shrimp. If you got to sit yeah. there and peel them, you could just keep going. That's why my dad sat at all you could eat crab leg buffet because it's giving you it's giving you time to digest. That's right. If you That's just got one. if you got the same amount of crab meat to just go ham on, yeah, mm-hmm. you wouldn't make it. But the fact that like okay, the next one's coming. That first Spacing one's down there. Yeah, I think that that's my theory. I got no scientific mm-hmm. proof, but that's my theory. No, that makes sense. Crab legs, another one. I, I don't think i've well and plus they're so expensive but like if i was just well at a a buffet it doesn't matter but yeah i've i don't think i've ever stopped eating crab legs because i was full it was just like all right i'm running out of time i gotta go (laughs) they're shutting the lights off (laughs) (laughs) like i seriously i don't i've never been full off of crab i love crab legs if i don't get my car out of the garage it's gonna be locked until the next day so i guess we gotta leave (laughs) i gotta go oh man I like crab legs too, but because of the amounts I like sushi, we were talking about the poke bowls. I don't know mm-hmm. if I could just eat a lump of raw fish, but mm-hmm. sushi with the little bites set up like that, mm-hmm. I enjoy. So crab legs, oh yeah, I can get through this crab leg and the bite is measured out. If you just gave me a pile of crab meat, it's oh. diff- just different. Pile of crab meat. I fucking love crab meat. There's something about like the little reward mm-hmm. of each one. Yeah. But uh, all right. Yeah. Well, well, we. I mean, I think we got to go. And you said you weren't even feeling good this morning because you ate poke <sighs> in the desert. I, 
I got a pokey. How long does it take to get food poisoning? Because I don't, I do not feel good, and it's ironic that we talk food all day. <laughs> when did you eat it? I had a. Here's the other thing. It was it was a little warm. The fish was. Oh god damn it! All that goodwill and excitement about food just went out the window. I you ate, ate it about a, six you ate p.m. Room yesterday. Temperature poke. Yeah, it was a little warmer than I was anticipating, but I was like, "Fuck it!" I paid for it. I'm rolling the dice. Uh, where'd you get it from? Uh, fucking pokey me, pokey and roll. Fucking some fucking stupid fish pun. <laughs> Pokey dokey. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Pokey dokey. Here's your warm salmon. <laughs> yeah. High desert Poke Bowl. <laughs> High desert Poke Bowl. If, if there's any, if there was ever a combo of words. That I would guarantee you get food poisoning from. Mm-hmm. It's high desert poke bowl. Yeah, I don't feel great. It's been about uh, <laughs> well, it's been, it's been about fifteen, sixteen hours now. So hopefully, I think they usually say you know by twelve. Yeah. All right. Well, knock it best on wood. of luck. Yeah, a knock on some for you. All right. Well, wish you the best of luck with your high desert poke bowl. <laughs> God, that sounds like a... <laughs> oh, man. It sounds like a Kurt Vonnegut novel. I was um, going to... It sounds like a, a Flying Burrito Brothers tune. <laughs> they do have a... Uh, oh, no, I'm thinking a High Fashion Queen. They have a song called High Fashion Queen. Oh, man. Oh, where are you going to be this week? Where you at? Uh, this weekend, Louisville, Kentucky, at the Louisville Comedy Club. Oh, cool. If I was still speaking to my brother, I would tell him that. But. Okay, well, no yeah. problem then. That's all right. <laughs> well, if anybody else out there is still speaking to your siblings or relatives that live in the Louisville greater area, let them know to come by. Plenty of tickets left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll get, I get Nancy out there. Get Nancy to come see you. Yeah, I, I, I return the I, favor. I, Your I parents say, uh, came to see me. My mom should go see you. I should say. I should say hello. I missed her at the wedding. I missed getting to meet her at the wedding. <laughs> All right, you've so, never met her. No, she's a card. She's a cut up. <clears throat> well, hey, if she's bored, let tell her. Let me know. Get her on the list. Maybe in between episodes of Blue Bloods, she'll come see you. She won't shut the hell up about fucking Blue Bloods and Yellowstone. Mom, for the thousandth time, I have not seen one of those shows yet. She likes her color-based TV programs. Yeah, she likes Tom Selleck. (laughs) I mean, who wouldn't? Shout out to my my, Tom Selleck was on the Kelly Clarkson show, of which my sister is like a line producer on, and Mm -hmm. she her my sister's Halloween costumes in a weird way, always have to involve human hair, her own usually, that she cuts <laughs> off and then puts on her face. But she was Magnum P.I. one year for Halloween. <clears throat> and she nailed it. Like, it looked great. It had the Hawaiian shirt and the Detroit hat and everything. And uh, <clears throat> she got to show the picture of herself on Halloween live on the air to Tom Selleck. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Well, that's cool. Was that recently? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, maybe a month and a half ago or something. Huh, that's cool. So, yeah. Well, hell yeah, buddy. 
Well, yeah, if she's bored, if she wants to break away from some of that basic cable crime drama, get her over there. Yeah, maybe so. All right, man, I got nothing for a little while, so. All right. After, after last night's amazing show where I had to argue <laughs> to get the televisions turned off. So they looked well, at me like hey, I was hey, asking hey, for a... Th- you, you had a great show in Bakersfield, right? Had a great show in Bakersfield. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed that. Right. And last night was one of those where it was like, eh, this seems like it's going to suck, but I had fun. After I got them to turn the seven televisions off and, and the giant uh, jet engine fan, because it's the high desert and they didn't have air conditioning, they had this giant like industrial warehouse fan that was just so fucking noisy. And some of the opening comics were trying to do crowd work, and the audience was like, huh? I can't, what? I can't hear you. So had to really uh, pull some strings to get the TV and the fan turned off. But uh, once once that happened, boy, we we really had a good time. I know it sucks. I can only imagine how <clears throat> it's still like imagine just running your bar and somebody's like, I'd like to do a comedy night. Like you can do your comedy show, but you never, better not fuck up with my shift. Yeah, Sunday night I'm gonna watch sports, drink beer with my five buddies, <laughs> and then yeah. you gotta come and be like, Well, we need you to do all this. And they're like, God damn it, what did I tell you? DIY comedy, baby. It's, uh, yeah, it's a lot it's of fun. Got its ups and downs, baby. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, I got to bounce. All right, I'm gonna go barf. Be all right. Yeah, go barf. Go do what you got to do. I hope your body's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, coming around. Yeah, it'll be all right. Yeah, all right, you, buddy. You'll do we'll, fine. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, man. I'll see you. The Boogie Monster. Network.